Welcome back to the Divorce Solutions Podcast, everybody. I'm Jamie West from Divorce.com, along with Tracy Miller, uh, extraordinary, wonderful uh, family law practitioner, a real veteran uh, from Miller Law and Mediation. I'm I'm getting harder and harder to find ways to uh, give you glowing introductions, (laughs) Tracy. It really is. It's a challenge, but I'll keep working at it. Veteran is such a really politically correct (laughs) way of saying you've done this for too long, right? Well, you've done it for a long time, and and you know oh, we talk Lord. a lot. We talk a lot on the podcast about the birth of of this podcast. And it mm-hmm. come this podcast comes out of and the way you practice law, and and you know my divorce communications business all comes out of experience. Um, yeah, and I think it's a really unique combination we have, right? Because you've lived a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. and then I'm on the flip side of it, right? I'm on the other side of the desk. So I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, the perspective when you combine the two of us. Right. And the goal, yeah, absolutely. And the goal is to, um, get people to try to not think about going to court right off the bat. Let's try to find an alternative way to resolve our matters. And so today's podcast is really themed around what goes into, what are the ingredients that go into, uh, a resolution. Um, you know, we talk a lot of, on the podcast about, you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Let's talk about things that people should do to get a resolution, the things that can possibly lead to a resolution uh, more quickly. And I'm going to start because oh, okay. this is, I think this is the most important uh, thing of all. If you want to have success in resolving your matter, You have to, and I want people to listen to this very carefully, you have to change the way you think because you you can't make better decisions until you change the way you think about the situation. And once you do that, then you have a a much better chance of, of making a better decision. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think people, um, people have patterns, right? And I think uh, people also have a certain way of, of thinking about things. And if it got you to where you are, and you're separating, then you're absolutely right, you're gonna have to shift in terms of how you see things. So to that end, what, what I am suggesting to our audience is this, if you think that you're having trouble coping with with your thinking, if your thinking is, you know, pursed in a lot of anger, a lot of emotion, um, it could just be sadness that's overwhelming you, then, you know, I would suggest to you that a good idea to get to resolution is to invest a little bit of time and money in some therapy at the very beginning of the process. Um, you, you know, you should be talking to somebody maybe professionally who can who can help you with the specifics of your emotional condition, because if, if you get that help early on, um, it, it can affect your thinking in a very positive way. And then you get through this a, a little easier. You know, this sort of um, sort of dovetails in with the one I had at the top of my list of of how to get through this for people. And self-care is right at the top of oh, the there list. There you go. Right. Because. I think so many people, well, A, it's a blur for most people, I think, when this start, when separation starts, but there's been a buildup because most separations don't happen overnight. Usually there's a months and months coming into it uh, for people to decide they're going to separate. And I think people underestimate 
the stress that's involved, right? Like, I don't think there's anything more stressful than separating other than having somebody die. I, I don't think there is. So it's exactly what you say. If people right off the hop look at it and think, okay, self-care is important because you don't want to be just a complete emotional mess, um, A, for yourself, B, for your kids, for your employer, for whatever. So if it means going to a counselor, which the majority of people that I see do, or fitness, or and or I should say, mm -hmm. um, getting more involved in that, going seeing your family doctor so you can manage this, um, whatever you need to do to look after yourself and appreciate that this isn't going to be easy, right? It's not going to be easy, but there are. it's going to be a lot easier if you put your self-care right at the beginning. There's no question about that. Yeah. It, it, it no doubt will be the probably the most stressful thing you will ever go through in your life. Yep. So... Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's good advice, I think. Uh, so we got thinking, we've got, uh, you know, we've got the, the self-care bit. What else, is, what else do you have on your list? Well, the other one that I have that sort of relates to this is um, learn how to listen. Oh, that's right? a good one. And it sounds simple, but I'll tell you, especially lawyers, when you do training to do uh, be a mediator or, or to do collaborative law, you know, you find that all of a sudden you're doing exercises about how to listen, how to actively listen. And I can tell you, I didn't know how to do it until I took that type of training, because to actually listen and have the patience to listen and see what's going on and try and actually understand, as opposed to just jumping to conclusions or being really judgmental, is going to go a long way in these situations, whether it's your ex, whether it's listening to your kids, whatever. I mean, it's, it's definitely a skill. No question. And, and it certainly is. And it's hard for uh, us when we're in an emotionally heightened state to park our biases uh, mm -hmm. and, and really sit and consider things. We often uh, hear what we want to hear as opposed to what's being actually said. Um, the same thing can go, I think, Tracy, for uh, reading uh, documents, reading lawyers' letters, reading, yeah. um, you know, uh, things that and, you know, often we're only reading between the lines. We're not actually reading what's being said. So that's a really good point. I think that happens a lot of times. People go, oh, I know why he said that. Or I know why she's doing this. Or, mm -hmm. um, and especially with, with letters, if you get letters from whoever it is that are caustic and just toxic, I tell people, just ignore the commentary, right? Just ignore the commentary. It doesn't matter. The other lawyer's not the issue. Who cares? Um, if the bottom line is the offer on child support is $1,000 a month, that's what you need to focus on. And right? As opposed to all the crap in the background and the noise that's just going to jack this up and, and make it more ugly and expensive. Well, and let's be, let's be honest. I mean, lawyers are no different than any other group of prof professionals. There, there are some that have massive egos who, who love to to write letters like that. That seems to be their, you know, they've got, who knows what their backstory is, their own issues about needing to have power over people and so on and so forth, because they're human beings. And you're absolutely right. What matters is what the facts of the matter are and not the, the nonsensical editorializing or commentary within the body of, uh, and you should get rid of, frankly, I'm going to say this. If, if you've got a lawyer that's writing caustic letters, you shouldn't be working with that lawyer you should be saying goodbye to that lawyer because there's lots of lawyers out there that don't do that. And I think, honestly, I think there are, um, there's certainly clients that that's what they look for, right? There really are. And I think there are times where 
when you meet the client on the other side and you see the lawyer and you think, yep, there's there's a match there for sure. Because there are people that think um, lawyers are supposed to be aggressive and it's like it is on TV. And mm. then you go and tell them and you don't take that shit, all of that. And you think yeah. that's the type of crap that you get in these letters. Um, people talking tough because the clients are paying a lot of money. And Paper going, tigers. Well, well, why are you knuckling under and why are you taking that? And why aren't you doing, you know, mm -hmm. there's certainly clients that that's what they gravitate towards, but they're also probably the ones that it's going to go on longer than it has to. And it's going to cost you more than it should. Well, and again, a good lawyer should, will, will tell you the client when the client, if a client goes in and says, I want you to write a very aggressive, nasty <coughs> letter. And they send you back a draft and the client says, no, I want this in it. And I want that in it. Ugh. If that lawyer, if that lawyer is not willing to counsel you and say, look, first of all, that's not how I roll. <laughs> Second of all, by doing that, you're only going to cost yourself more money, more time, and you're going to inflame the situation. If, if, if that lawyer doesn't do that again, um, you should be looking for another lawyer. By the same token, a lawyer might be, should look at a client maybe and say, look, if this is how you want to proceed, this isn't what I do. You, you should, you know, I can send you somewhere else or you should go somewhere else. And I've, oh, you know, I've certainly gotten to the point in the last few years, I've had that very conversation with people. Like if that's what you're looking for, if you want a hired gun that's going to write all those that write all those nasty letters, which I think is a waste of my time and your money, I'm not going to do it, right? So, and it takes a lot. Um, just being a lawyer, it takes a lot, I think, to get to the point where you're going to say that to people because the end result is they could be walking out the door. But you also realize maybe you should be walking out the door because I know mm -hmm. this isn't going to end well, right? Exactly. What else have you got on your list? Well, I got one that's, a, I guess, a little more on the practical side. Uh, when you're dealing with trying to figure out uh, what the schedule is going to be for kids or what the parenting arrangement or whatever you want to call it is going to be, first of all, get away from the labels, please. Um, people that, and that's one of the reasons, honestly, they took the word custody out of the legislation is it's so loaded, the term, right? It means I've got it, you don't, Possession. you're a lousy parent, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So get away from the labels. Sit, take a calendar page. It's pretty simple. There's only seven days in a week. Sit down with a blank calendar page and plot it out. If you, if you have an idea in your head of this is the schedule I want, because this is what a lot of lawyers do and mediators do. This is what I do. And sit down and plot it out. Okay, I'm going to pick up at this time. Then you move over to Wednesday. I'm going to drop off at this time. And you're going to go through and you're going to mark that out for 30 days. You're going to figure out, pick up and drop off at school, how you're going to accomplish that. You're going to figure out if kids have activities, how you're getting them there, because by now you should know what the schedule is, right? And I think what's going to happen, and the other thing is you're going to pay attention to the fact of how far somebody's driving, because if you've got young kids, nobody wants them in the car five hours every weekend. And it'll give you a pretty clear idea of whether it's going to make sense. Right. Sure. So instead of pushing and pulling and fighting over labels, um, you're going to have a really practical on the ground idea of how does that work? Right. If you work shifts and you have to leave the house at five o'clock and then now you're looking at this schedule that says, OK, I'm getting my kids up at four thirty in the morning to drop them off. That's not going to happen. Right. Right. Um, but but it's really it's really practical. And I think it forces people to focus on for your kids. How is this going to work on the ground? Makes a lot of sense. Um, one thing I've got on my list is uh, mean what you say and say what you mean. 
um, it's really important that you uh, commit to following through uh, in the course of trying to resolve things. Remember, we're talking here about trying to resolve things outside of a court process, okay? So it becomes even more, it becomes, well, it's always important. It becomes very important that at this particular time when, you know, everybody's emotionally wound up anyway, uh, in some form or another, to really commit to yourself to being steadfast and honest and upholding anything that's agreed to, uh, even yeah. in the early stages, even if you haven't resolved everything. If, if you've resolved the, you were just talking about, you know, parenting schedules. Yep. Well, if you've, if you've got that part done, maybe the finances aren't quite done yet, but if you've got that part done, then follow through on what's been agreed to. Follow that schedule to a T. And, and you know, the financial issues that maybe are still out there causing you difficulty, don't start mixing them in with the thing that you've already resolved in order to leverage something to get a resolution on the financial stuff. Treat them separately. You've agreed to this, follow through. I think you're right on on the issues with the kids and on the finances, right? Because, you know, and I've I've told countless people that you need to be on time every, every time. Right. Yes. And we come up with this schedule and you think this is going to work and you should have thought it through ahead of time and you should understand the schedule and know how it's going to work. Like you said, follow through, show up on time every time. And then your kids don't have to worry about, oh, my God, I'm going to be late or they don't have to be worried because you're not showing up. None of that crap. Right. right. And it's the same thing. Um, and I absolutely agree. You shouldn't leverage one issue against the other. But it's the same thing on support amounts, right? If you've agreed to pay 500 bucks on the first of the month on time, every time. Yeah, it's 500 bucks. Simple as that. Uh, Whatever you've agreed to. Yeah. yeah, It's 500 bucks. It's not $499. It's not 450. It's not 425. No, it's not on the fifth of the month. It's not a phone call. Can I split it over four weeks? No, no, no. You do it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing with kids activities, right? If you've agreed that you're getting your kids to gymnastics twice a week, Right. And you're going to be the one there to pick them up and drop them off. Again, you should have thought it through ahead of time and understand whether you can do it or not. And if you've said yes, then absolutely. Every so, time. Right. So following the letter of yep. the agreements uh, not only um, uh, helps you avoid future conflict, but it also it also starts to build trust between the parties as co-parents moving forward in a different yeah. way so yeah what and else you're you not have? in a constant negotiation either right you don't have to think oh my god they're not going to be here on time or whatever and the kids i think more importantly the kids get to know what the schedule is and they get to know everybody's going to follow it absolutely got anything else on your list um yeah and we did this on a previous podcast but i'm going to use this for a positive uh social media blackout oh yeah period right i don't nothing nothing Stay nothing off. about your um, separation, your custody, your kids, anything to do with the issues in your separation should not be on social media, any form, period. Yeah, it's it's um, it's an absolute poisoned environment in matters like this. You want to stay as far away from it as you possibly can. Tracy, uh, we always like to say to people, uh, the information provided on our podcast is just that. It's information. Uh, it's food for thought. But everybody's situation is uh, unique and different, and therefore uh, we encourage you 
on faculty insist that you get your own yeah. uh, professional involved, your own legal professional involved, your own health professional, financial professional, um, your own hairstylist, your own fitness <laughs> person, your own interior designer. We can't well, that's like we said, right? You get financial issues from an accountant, from a financial person. <laughs> right. you, that's that's how it goes. Absolutely. Uh, how do people get a hold of you if they'd like to connect? It's Miller Law and Mediation to find the website, and then it's Tracy at Miller-Law.ca. Right, and you can uh, send me a note anytime you like, jwest at divorcecom.ca, and visit divorcecom.ca and find out how I can possibly help you uh, become a better communicator as you go through a really tough time in your life. As always, Tracy, uh, thanks so much for your wisdom and uh, your help here on the podcast. It's uh, it's another one under our belt, and uh, we're looking forward to the next one. Take good Absolutely. care. Talk to you later. Absolutely.